You're listening to the Get Planty podcast. This is episode number six, and I'm your host, Dusty Heggie. I'm a houseplant educator, author of Becoming Planty, a tiny bit obsessed with my coffee, and by that I mean like just a whole lot, a wife, mama of two little kids, and it is my goal to help you really love the growth process. I wanna teach you how to keep your houseplants not just surviving, but thriving. And I believe that God has a whole lot to be learned in that process when we get to be hands-on and to care for his creation. So today we're gonna chat about watering and there's a whole lot of goodness coming to the Get Planty podcast, including a segment called Grow Well, where we unpack what it means to grow as a human. All of these things are coming in the weeks ahead and I'm so excited for the incredible guests we have on. But today we are gonna talk about part two of our watering series and I'm excited to dive in. Hello and welcome, you guys. I'm so excited to be here today chatting more about watering our houseplants. This is part two in a two-part series on watering. So if you missed the first one, go back to episode number five and listen to that first. It's not that long. It's like 20 minutes, but it is going to give you the basic foundations that you really, really need to know and understand really well in order to water your houseplants because all aspects of houseplant care are a balancing act. Like every single piece matters to every single other piece, which is why when I started to write a small little ebook, it became Becoming Planty and now is going to be a big, beautiful coffee table houseplant book. And I get to really unpack the basics of houseplant care in a very in-depth sort of conversational tone because I really believe in the power of houseplants and I really believe in the power of caring for God's creation. And I think that there's a lot of lessons to be gleaned through that and through that process. So all that to say, I can get a little carried away when I talk about it. But today I'm going to try and keep it short and brief and make sure you go back to episode number five get a good solid foundation of the importance of watering and the correct ways to water. And today we're going to kind of unpack a little bit more the different ways you can water um, and sort of what to consider depending on the plant and how to choose the right way to water. More often than not, I suggest the soak and drain method. And so I'm not sure if I coined that term, if I've heard it somewhere else, I'm going to be hundred percent honest, but I call it the soak and drain method because it's exactly what it sounds like. So in episode number five, I talk about it a whole lot more, but basically when we water our houseplants, that soil needs to be evenly moist all the way through. And this is why the soil type matters a whole lot because you want the moisture to be held on the roots of that plant for the right amount of time so that the plant can absorb the right amount of water while it's still moist. Does that make sense? So we don't want one part of the root system, the root ball drying out while the other part is overly soggy and overly wet. That's where you get a lot of problems and your plant will act as if it's both under and overwatered because in reality it is. So this is why it's important to soak the whole soil evenly. So there's a couple of ways you can go about doing that. And one of my favorite ways is the soak and drain method. This method is probably the most labor intensive. And maybe that's a little bit why I like it because it forces me to be really hands-on with my plants and I get to pick them up and move them around and look at them. Um, and I use that time to do other things, um, for my houseplants as well. So maybe that's why I like it the best. But I think the real reason I like this method the best is because in my mind, it's going to best mimic what it would experience in nature, like being rained on and being soaked all the way through. So to use the soak and drain method, you're going to soak the plant in water 
and then let all that excess water drain. Really, really simple. I typically move my plants to the kitchen sink or to the bathtub or even to the shower. And the reason I like this method is because it mimics that rain. And this is a chance that I can really soak all those leaves, rinse off any dust and debris. And this is a really, really crucial step in houseplant care. So if you opt for a different method, like because your plant is gigantic and there's no way you could possibly pick it up or because like it's just labor intensive or for whatever reason you decide to not use this method, still keep in mind, it is crucial that your plant Each leaf gets wiped down periodically. I suggest once a month, but if you could do it twice a month or really just whenever you go to water your plant is the best way that I recommend going about it so that it doesn't feel like too much at once. But when you wipe down all of that dust and all that debris, it helps the plant to be able to better photosynthesize. And so we know the photosynthesis is the process through which houseplants create their own food. And so when there is a layer of dust on the leaves, it stops the plant from photosynthesizing well. And this is kind of the lens through which my book, Becoming Planty, is written, is through the lens of photosynthesis. Because if a plant can't create its own food and utilize that well, then it's just going to die because it's going to starve. Um So keeping these little things in mind and understanding, having a basic understanding of what photosynthesis is and how the plant uses each element of photosynthesis and how we can best help the plant to collect those elements is what's going to help us have the right kind of mindset around houseplant care and be able to help our plants really, really thrive. So the soak and drain method in my mind is one of the best ways to sort of mimic what it would get naturally. So If you put it in your shower, you put it in your bathtub, you put it in your kitchen sink, I typically sort of soak the soil first and I turn the water on kind of lukewarm. If you use hot water or if you use really, really cold water, it will shock the root system. And though sometimes, depending on the plant, it might kind of cause it to die. Most of the time, it just kind of causes it to shock and freak out, depending on the temperature of the plant. When in doubt, room temperature cool or lukewater, like you don't want any drastic temperatures. Like think about what the temperature of the water would be outside if it was to be raining um, and use that temperature of water basically. When you water that soil, don't turn the faucet or the shower or the sink on like full blast because typically then that's like dirt and muck and mess just everywhere. So turn it on kind of medium, let it slowly drain through that soil because ideally a lot of that soil has already dried out because the soil as a rule of thumb, should dry out to your second knuckle. Um, And now, of course, that is like a really, really broad generalization of like millions of millions of houseplants down to one simple rule. But it is a good rule of thumb that like more often than not, plants need to dry out a lot more than we think that they do. So it's important to know how dry the soil should be before you water. But this in mind, always touch the soil before you water. Like just basing it off of a routine and and um, guesswork isn't enough. That's why I want you to go back to episode five and listen why it's so important to touch the soil before you water. But when you do turn that water on and you soak it through, what I suggest doing and what I always do is I turn it on for maybe 30 seconds um, to a minute, depending on the size of the plant. And I just hold the pot up so I can see that the water is draining through. Once it's starting to drain out, I let it stop for a while and I let that water kind of soak all the way through down to the bottom of that pot. And then I pick it up, probably come back about 20 minutes or so later and I pick it up and I, sometimes I'll do it again. Like if it's a really large pot and I don't feel confident that that water got 
evenly distributed amongst the soil, like if it's not fully evenly wet, then I'll do it again and then make sure and let it dry all the way through. This is why a drainage hole is absolutely non-negotiable. Truly, I really believe that. Like when in doubt, always have a drainage hole. And when you aren't in doubt, reconsider and have a drainage hole. Um, There are some ways you could go about it. If you're going to have a pot without a drainage hole, pick a plant that dries out bone dry before you water it again, just to kind of help you um, not overwater because overwatering is a lot more detrimental than underwatering in almost all situations. And it's easier to fix. Okay, so you've taken your plant to your shower, sink, bathtub, you've soaked that soil all the way through, you've allowed everything to drain out, and then this is the moment when I sort of take to rinse off, whether it be with the like nozzle on my kitchen sink or the shower head or whatever, and I just sort of rinse off all of the leaves um, just to get rid of all that dust and debris. The second method that I use is called bottom watering. And bottom watering is really, honestly, a really good method, especially if you're feeling nervous about watering. Like if watering feels like too big of a topic and you're not quite sure if you're getting it right, bottom watering is something that I would really suggest. Some things that have to happen in order for bottom watering to be successful is a drainage hole. Are you seeing a theme here? Like it is really, really crucial. Like if you don't have a drainage hole, bottom watering won't work because basically what you're doing through bottom watering is you're watering from the bottom up. So in the same way, if you were to hold a paper towel, just like the bottom half inch of a paper towel in a dish of water. That paper towel is going to soak up that water, right? Same concept with the soil. So when you put your pot that has a good drainage hole into a dish of water or your sink or your bathtub that you've plugged so that it has a few inches of standing water in there, then that soil will slowly pull up that water And then you'll know it's done when the top of the soil feels moist to the touch. Like you don't have to dig your finger in, but it feels moist to the touch on the top of the soil. Um, So typically I do, I'll put a ton of plants. If I choose to do this method, I usually do it um, when I'm like watering tons of plants at once, or I use it especially for plants like um, pilea peperomioids and other succulents and cacti, snake plants. Those are semi-succulents, but... I especially love this method for plants that dry out fully or nearly fully in between waterings, though you can use it for other plants. Just you need to be careful um, that you don't let it sit in that standing water for too long and that you still pick up that pot and allow all of the excess water to drain because what will kill a plant the quickest is sitting in standing water for far too long. So when you when you bottom water your plants, they should only really be in that water until the top of that soil is moist. So it's going to depend on the pot size greatly. But typically, I will leave mine in for about an hour and come back and check it every hour or so. When I think it's starting to come close, if it's a giant pot, I'll check a little bit more frequently. But I think an hour is is just fine. Um, and then make sure and let all of that water drain. Then the most common way I think people water their houseplants is just with a simple watering can. And I don't think this is the that your plants are going to die if you water with a watering can. I think it's fine. But just keep in mind that that soil really does need to be evenly moist. Like it has to be to be all the way through. So you could water it with a watering can and make sure that there's a good catch pot underneath um, like those plastic trays to so that all that water can drain through and then empty out 
that like little plastic tray underneath. Don't let the roots, don't let the base of that pot sit in excess water because that is super, super detrimental to your plant. Um, If you do water with a watering can, just be mindful. Like just watch your plant, make sure you're paying attention to the way that it behaves. And I would say that that's true of whatever method you choose when you water your houseplants because like really, truly, so much of it is going to vary from person to person, from house to house, from plant to plant, depending on the pot it's in, depending on the amount of sunlight it has. Like there really is so many factors. So just pay attention, like try one way, stick with it for a little while, give yourself grace, let your plant do its natural planty thing and just watch it as it grows because you'll find the method that you feel works best for you and for your plant. And honestly, I kind of use a combination of all three. Um, So if I think a plant, like it's been an extra sunny week and it probably isn't fully dried out, but I know it's going to keep being sunny. I'll do a little bit of light, like watering with a watering can. If the plants have been like left unwatered for longer than what I would ordinarily do, then I'll do a good bottom water and make sure that, or a soak and drain and make sure that that water gets all the way through and that those roots, um, get all that, that moisture that they need. And I think it's important to say that humidity is not a substitute for proper watering. Humidity is an addition to. So when you add an increased humidity for your plant, which most plants need additional humidity, but it is not a substitute for proper watering because it doesn't nourish the roots. It nourishes the leaves and the stomata. So the stomata are tiny little pores on the leaves, kind of like we have pores on our face that, um, release, like there's gas exchanges happening there. That's why they clean the air. They release moisture through those places or through the stomata. Um, So those pores are really, really important. And so the humidity sort of slows down that moisture loss. It helps improve gas exchange. It helps it best use that carbon dioxide um, that it needs to push out the oxygen to complete photosynthesis. So it is really important and it's really good. A lot of plants have been grown to be acclimated or to be adapted to um, less humidity than what they would prefer. But it is worth like researching and learning and understanding. Um, And so I want to take just a second to talk about humidity and the best ways that I've found to increase humidity. And hands down, adding a humidifier to your space is the best way. A lot of people talk about misting their plants. um, And I can't remember who it was that said this to me and I wish I could because I want to credit them because it's such a good way to sort of explain how misting does not work for your plants. So it's kind of like lighting a match in a dark room and expecting that match to light up the whole room. It will light the room for just a second and for just a small, like in just a very concentrated space. And that's kind of the same as misting your plant with a water bottle. It will help, but only for a second and only in a very concentrated place. I think that there is value in misting your plants depending on the plant. And so I'm not saying if you mist your plants, you're doing something wrong, but I am saying that it might not be adding the amount of humidity that your plant truly needs um, or would prefer to grow at its best. So adding a humidifier is the best way to make that happen. The second way and what the method that I use the most in increasing humidity is through just grouping your plants together. When you push plants with other plants, it kind of creates a greenhouse effect and it just sort of helps not nearly as much as a humidifier would, 
because I'm not adding moisture to the air by pushing the plants together, but it does sort of create a greenhouse effect. So I just group a ton of my plants together typically. The third way is using like a terrarium. So you don't have to plant like a full-blown terrarium with like charcoal and all the layers and all the aspects and pieces and little bits to make it a terrarium. Like so a terrarium at its core is just a glass or plastic enclosure around a plant. The end. Like that's all a terrarium is. So I had for a long time a maiden hair fern and I just set the whole potted maidenhair fern inside of this little glass cookie jar, um, well, large glass cookie jar. And that helped to increase the humidity drastically. And that was the thing that kept that maidenhair fern alive for a lot longer than it would have been had I not done that. Maidenhair ferns are hard and and require higher humidity than most and um, are a very advanced level finicky kind of a houseplant. Um, But adding a terrarium is what helped to increase the moisture to make that plant thrive in that space. So the next time you go to water your plant and you know that it needs a good drink, consider the ways that it's planted. Consider the sunlight it gets. Make sure you touch that soil before you jump to a conclusion. And then maybe practice different watering methods and see which you like the best. If you have an especially large plant that can't be picked up and can't be moved and you're using a a watering can to water, I would just urge you to have a very good tray set in place in a system that you could either tip the plant up to make sure that that water doesn't get stuck at the bottom. Just be mindful of that as you bring larger plants into your home. But yeah, practice as you go, learn as you go, because truly houseplant care, it's so much about the process of learning with your plant. Like there really is a beautiful relationship that gets to be made there. And God has some incredible things in store for us when we get to care for his creation in such a hands-on way. This was just a real quick overview of the different ways to water and different ways to increase humidity. And I hope that it is super actionable and that you've walked away all the planty wisdom this episode that you can implement. And I'm excited to hear what you find as you practice different watering methods and to see how your plants respond and which works best for you and for your systems um, that you already have in place. If you haven't already, you can head to revivenursery.com and there I have a whole bunch of plant care guides and I actually just created a really fun four question houseplant quiz to kind of help you find, not kind of, like it actually is going to help you find the right houseplant to bring into your space because the biggest problem I see people make is bringing in a plant just because it's beautiful and not understanding its um, needs and its sunlight and watering requirements. And especially in that sunlight department, that's what's going to matter the most. But bringing a plant in that is a high, that requires lots and lots of sunlight into a shady space, like no matter what you do, it's just going to die. And so I want to kind of help you get the right foot forward and set you up for plenty success. So if you head to revivenursery.com slash quiz, you can take that quiz and find the right house plant for you and for your home. And even if it's not the one you end up bringing in, um, you'll get a few emails from me following up on how to care for these plants and some other suggestions that I think you might like based on your quiz results. So if you don't like it, stick around because I want to work with you to find the one that you are going to really love and to be able to curate, uh, 
houseplant collection that can bring you so much joy and so much happiness because that's what it's here for. It's not here to add stress. It's not here to overwhelm you. I want this to be really, really fun for you. And I want you to be able to learn a whole bunch as you go. So head to revivenursery.com slash quiz to take that quiz. And then lastly, head to iTunes or to your podcast app listening machine, as they say, and leave me a review and a rating. Those really go to help me so, so, so much to be able to spread the word about this podcast, to be able to spread the word about my book, Becoming Planty, to be able to grow this business and this community and to reach some really big goals. So know that when you leave a rating and a review, it means the world to me. All right, that's all I have for you guys today. I need a better way to sign out next week. I have an incredible interview with Daryl Chang from the Houseplant Journal to share with you guys. And oh my word, I am 100% excited to share this like planty wisdom and encouragement. We talk about growth. We talk about growth mindset. We talk a whole lot about sunlight and his journey to an incredible houseplant collection. And it's going to be a really, really good one. So stay tuned for that next Thursday that will release. And it's going to be great, guys. All that to say, I need a better way to wrap up this show. And next week, I'll be having a fancy smanshy new intro and outro. So that's really what you should be the most excited about. And in the meantime, I hope you grow well and get planty.